Welcome everybody to my second episode. So this is a lousy talks, and I think today I'm going to go into family. You say yeah, it's a funny thing. Everyone has one. If you don't have one, you probably know that it's somewhere out there. But some people have friends that are family. Some people hate their family. Some people love their family. They have a very strange family, same as I think with everyone else. I don't think no one's family is perfect. Everyone's got a weirdo in the family. Everyone's got a crazy bastard in the family. Everyone's got a punts in the family. Yeah. And everyone's got good people in their families, just families, I guess. So, yeah, I want to uh, hit on families today, have a little chat about what I think families are like growing up. I have a different perspective on families and how I uh, how I get with them, how I enjoy their company, how you don't enjoy their company. But I take a lot on with uh, with my brothers and sisters. As a young star, I thought my brothers and sisters were brothers and sisters. As I grew old, I realised I was more of a dad than a mum to them, and they were my children. Uh, friends it's a strange it's a strange uh, it's a strange way to look in it's a strange it's a strange thing i guess but nonetheless that is how it was i raised my brother and my sister and my cousin from a young age and we uh we had our ups and we had our downs, but there was no adults around to sort of give us sort of right direction. They had no sort of, uh, I say, I say positive role models. There was no one around to sort of look up to and think, yeah, that's what I want to do when I grow up, or I want to do this, or that's what I want to do. Because most of my family, in hindsight, uh, crackheads and junkies. Unfortunately, that's that side of my nan's side. I, her brothers and sisters, so coming from a, a Moroccan family, I, my nan had five, six, five children. She had six children. Uh, one died when uh, when when she was little. Well, when they were little, so there was only five of them that came over to England. So many, so many years ago. I can't go through the dates. It's hard to go through the dates because uh, I can't conversate with my mum. And stuff like that because she's she's uh she's passed bless her soul so yeah there's things that i'd like to sort of know that i don't know that i can sort of figure out myself and i know a lot myself anyway so yeah there was um it came over five she had five kids my uncle abdul uh, my auntie neymar my mum and ali so yeah, there was five, and uh, one died. The eldest one died. Uh, my uncle schizophrenic. My auntie was a pisshead. My mum got ill after having uh, having all the babies. Um, back in the day, mental health wasn't a uh, big thing. It was just when women were going crazy after having babies, they uh, they didn't really know how to deal with them. And my brother's dad said exactly the same thing. Like realizing in these years to come that. She was ill, but she just didn't know what was wrong with her. And the doctors didn't know what was wrong with her. No one sort of knows what's wrong with her. And she sort of lost her uh, lost her head as, as you get older, coming from where we came from anyway. But that's the uh, 
yeah, my nan, she sort of, I think she tried to get away from Morocco, uh, from her husband maybe, because then 10, 15 years later, we find out that my granddad in Spain. So we had another granddad who was my nan's husband, I guess he was Turkish. So we had like a Turkish and a Moroccan nan and granddad. Uh, my mum, they were young, uncles young. Um, yeah, so we had another granddad in Spain who was my auntie's dad, who was my mum's dad and the other's dad, but because of the the trouble that they had in the past, they, it was obviously my granddad, the Turkish granddad, was the one that they would uh, call granddad and everything. And he was a nice guy, but what I found out later on is that my other granddad had another six children with another lady. So I'm guessing that's why my name was pissed off. <laughs> And upset and so like he's got i've got 12 uncles and aunties um the ones that are in england are mostly dead now uh the ones in morocco they're messaging me over sort of facebook social medias and stuff like that which is quite a weird sort of strange sort of thing to have but this is what i say about families like we've all got weird strange scenarios and sort of let's, let's just sort of delve into that sort of thing so my nan Brought me uh, mums, uncles and all of that over. A young age from Morocco. They come from North Morocco, Tangiers. Uh, a little village called Laraish, Muli Abslam. It's a little place uh, up in uh, up in the mountains. So yeah, come over, got over on a banana boat, as they say. Given a better life. And yeah, my, my nan's kids, as a youngster, I was always confused why my mum, my uncle, my auntie, why they were all useless in a word, I should say, because her brothers and sisters, they had they had everything. They literally, like, not had everything, like, given to them, but they worked really hard to be in the positions where they were. My aunt, my auntie Latifa, she was the same age as my mum. She was a lawyer. I had um, the eldest sister uh, below my nan was Rafia. Um, she owned her, owned her own sort of clothes factory. Her kids were lawyers, um, pilots, football players, police. I don't know if the youngest one was a policeman, but he'd done something. I'm not too sure around that sort of thing. But yeah, and you go to Latifa. She had all of her children gone to university. Latifa went to university, got all the, the hats, the, the degrees. The, they got everything. Not to be jealous, but they worked very hard for it. So how can I say anything about it? But when you were young and you're, and you're seeing this and then one side of the family is like complete shit, no one works, no one does anything. And it sort of messes your mind up a little bit because I should have wanted to sort of get into uni, do this work, but because of what I saw around me, it wasn't what they did. They just done nothing. They just done whatever they wanted to do. They didn't really give a shit. If they were taking drugs or drinking or just going out, going up the road, doing all of this. But that's as time goes on and we start to sort of, as I get older, I start to see a lot more things with brothers and sisters and obviously my cousin and stuff like that. So family growing up and you come from a foreign family, foreigners out there, obviously when people look at me, they don't think I'm foreign, but that's just, Brilliant, because obviously the English people think I'm foreign and the foreigners think I'm English. So it's a battle, but it's a battle that I've always enjoyed and I've always had a laugh with. 
um, see things differently sometimes, you know. I get a lot of people, uh, as my black cab driver, changing uh, subject a little bit quickly, but they you see the people in the back of the cab, you know, people go, oh, there's none of this and none of that. No, right. And I said, yeah, yeah. But because I'm white, I hear the people sat slagging off Muslims and doing this, and I just sit there being polite, like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, mate. Yeah, that's uh, 27 quid. The fare was only 13 quid. I just end up charging them more for being racist. But then we all do our own thing. So, yeah, my nan worked hard to get her uh, kids over here. She was a, uh, she used to work in a factory. She used to be a sew. She used to do sewing, um, fixing clothes and stuff. I have a great little funny story about my nan. Something, something was always told when we was younger. There was a, uh, there was a time when my nan. So we moved to a place called Wolfen Cross, just outside North London, sort of free bordering, bordering sort of Hertfordshire, North London, and sort of Essex is another border just around the corner, but just around there. So when she first came to England, she didn't know very well. She didn't speak very good English. So when um, there was, uh, she was getting on a bus one day. And she, uh, she had some shopping bags and just carrying them. She was young uh, with her sister. And as she gets onto the, the bus, like she's put her bags down. And this 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 English guy is really nice. Excuse me, love, let, let me give you a hand, darling. Picks up, the, picks up the bags for her. Puts the bags in the bus. As he puts the bags in the bus, my nan looks at him and she says, thank you, thank you. You are very cunt. And the geezer looks at her like, what? And her sister sort of said, no, 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 no. She, she, does, she didn't mean that. She, she, she says, she meant to say, she's, you're very kind. And then my nan was angry because she was very, like, she knew what she was saying. She thought she was saying the right thing. She was like, no, 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 no. You are very cunt. And the geezer's going red in the face, literally just trying to pull my nan away. But she's just trying to say you're very kind for helping, you know? So there was these little jokes that we used to sort of hear growing up from being foreign. You get these little these little words, little little things that sort of just sort of sound a little bit different, but you sort of have a good laugh with them. So, yeah, she worked her ass off, bought a house, grafted, literally worked every day to give the best for everyone. And growing up, all I see everyone do was just take the piss out of her, to be honest with you. And it wasn't the, uh, the nicest thing to see growing up. Someone that you love and someone that's looked after you, and we'll get into that as, it, as the, uh, the episode goes on. So basically, we started living around sort of areas where family sort of go from. My mum was with me, dad, for a little bit. Don't know how long they were together, but can't have been that long. Then she got with someone else who was me, my brother's dad. They had a couple of kids, blah, 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 blah. My dad then tried to get custody of me because uh, what my mum was going through, she was losing her head a little bit and weren't really taking as good care as what, what everyone else would say was a good care. For me, I thought she was the bollocks. I loved her to pieces. Do you know what I mean? There was no, she allowed me to do everything I wanted to do. So there was no animosity, no nothing. Even when we had, I had brothers and sisters, I was the one that was looking after everyone. I was the one that was doing the cooking, uh, not say cooking, but getting food, getting waters, getting tidying things, cleaning, keeping everything in check. As a baby, obviously, I thought I was doing a good job. Obviously, if you look at it on the outside of the world, it was fucking not the best thing. But in my mind, I was the adult. I was the man of the house. I looked after my brother and my sister, and I was the man. And then through the years, 
my uh, dad fought to uh, get me. He won the court case. Then basically something happened between them. And I think it's because I've got rich, the other side of the family, quite rich. I think they paid off the doctors to sort of say bloody, bloody, blah, to keep the um, the child with the mum. Well, that didn't work too well because my dad won the court case and then obviously lost custody of me because of these circumstances that they brought up. And then he he left and then my mum was left to look after. Well, we went back to my mum and then a couple months, a couple years maybe, it was taken away from my mum, put in care. But maybe a few little times and maybe this might be one little thing I can remember. When I was um, young, I was left on, I was left at home to look after my brother, my little brother Tell. And uh, we used to have these stickers that you used to uh, put on your skin. And it was like little tattoos, like transferable tattoos. And I can't remember which one it was, but we used to get them. We used to have this guy come around called Bubblegum Peter. He used to bring us hubba bubbers and lolly hubba, what are they called? Chopper chop. And we used to get stick, uh, used to get little tattoos inside them. And then me and my brother, no one was around, obviously. It was just me and my little bro was in the house. Um, remember there was some weird karaoke fucking uh vhs in the in the tv playing over and over again or then you rewind it and play it and then and uh, we was having a fight on the sofa this is just one little thing that I mean, there was a lot of things that happened before this but it's sort of one thing i remember very clear we was having a sort of a, as two little kids do do you know what i mean i'm probably four maybe four five i don't think i'll be five so my brother's two maybe three so yeah we we're having a little tussle on the sofa and i push him off the sofa and he falls breaks his arm and he's in crying and i'm like oh well i don't know this at that time obviously and i just know to pick him up take him upstairs to bed like oh you're all right please like just go see because i didn't want to get in trouble for my mum when she gets home he's in pain and so we put him upstairs to sleep he's lying there crying anyway my mum comes back later and then as she comes back, she, I'm like, Mom, Terry's hurt himself. Da, 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 da. So got an ambulance. We went to the hospital. Remember, we was in the hospital. They were sorting him out. And then uh, he had an X-ray and stuff. And they found out his arm was broken. And then the doctor asked, how did he do it? And he said, my mum. <laughs> oh, so it could have been a lot of uh, different stories what have happened. But that was one thing that I do remember. There's plenty more other little stories we'll... I'll get back to them at another time because I'm just flipping through here. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Um, so, yeah, not short after that, probably another couple of years, we was um, moving about. We sort of moved from one area to another area to another area. We swapped this house that we had with um, some, I don't know, I think they were like travellers or something. And we had a massive garden. We swapped it with this other house that had a small garden, but it had a pond in it. So it was a lot of moving around. And then we moved from there. We moved from there to another area where, where I lived until we got taken away. So I got, take, I got taken away about seven years old. I remember that day like it was yesterday as well. It was a uh, funny old day. Was uh, went to school. So again... We'll, I will go back onto these things, but I used to walk to school on my own. I used to take myself to school. I used to go to Starburger, get a Frankfurter, beans, a bit of chips. Um, people used to be looking at me so weird, and I just used to – just it was normal to me. <laughs> I used to get the bus. It was normal to me. Uh, walk to school, get my stuff, come back. Anyway, so me and my brother came – I brought my brother home one day, and as we got home, 
we was playing in the back garden where he was getting on his tree. And then um, that when I got home, there was this lady waiting outside the house in a little car. And when I come past, I remember like looking at her and thinking, I know that lady from somewhere. And she was a social worker. Obviously, I've seen this lady from before, social worker. Sorry if I'm offensive, but I, I, I fucking hated them. Absolutely hated them. So what they did and what they do and what they don't do. And some people they do help, some people they don't. It's not down to things. But anyway, me and my brother was uh, playing in the back garden and all of a sudden my mum was in the front, uh, in the kitchen. And all of a sudden there was police everywhere and they come. And uh, me and my brother were hiding in the tree. My mum wouldn't come outside the house. Uh, and then I sort of got down the tree because I thought, right, we've got to try and get into the house so we don't get taken away. Um, tried to get into the house and then the police grabbed me and my brother well what they did they when they grabbed me they picked me up tried to pick me up and i headbutted one of them because fucking police fucking grabbed me what the fuck this but so i i, I headbutted one of them and what they did they twisted my arms and i was only six or seven when this was happening and i remember them twisting my arms hard pushing them up by my back my brother was just a little little kid so he was just crying and just sitting in the car with a social worker but the Police brought a twisted me up, ended up taking us to a foster home, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. So we went to a foster home. That was for a week. I remember the first time we were, the first night we got there, me and my brother tried running straight head, head first through the glass doors at the back. He literally just headbutted this glass, fell back, <laughs> fell asleep, woke up in the morning, went to grab a piece of toast, and birds slapped me hand. Thought that, what? Went to get this piece. So we're sitting down. On the table, obviously, we're in a new place. It's a bit strange as these two women looking after us. They were foster carers. And as I um, as I put my hand to get a bit of toast, she slapped my hand. It was like, guests first. I was like, guests? I, was like, I am a guest. What are you on about? So that sort of um, didn't start too well. I wasn't, we wasn't too happy there, to be honest with you. But we wasn't there for very long. There was a couple of days... The ladies, they used to have babies coming in and out of the house. They used to like, they used to do like childcare. They used, it was a very, very strange place. I just remember it being very, very strange, and I didn't really like it. To be honest, with you, people were horrible. But I did allow. I was allowed to do whatever I wanted before this. So when this happened, my nan actually got us, got us back. My nan and my auntie da -da 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 -da, ended up moving to my auntie's. So we stayed with my nan, but my nan was getting old, so she couldn't have the kids. So my auntie ended up getting foster care, care for us, ended up going to live with her. I think she might have been all right in the beginning, uh, who knows, but over four or five years of looking after us, uh, she started to uh, deteriorate a lot. She used to drink a lot. She used to get, get um, people used to call Stella uh, wife beaters. I used to call it kid beaters because this is just what... Um, used to see she used to get pissing and beat the fuck out of us she used to kick the shit out of my little sister in the corner of the room and i'd grab her and try to stop and then she'd smash me it's just it was just a horrible horrible place there was nice times and everything there's always good and bad do you know what i mean when she used to get paid her money because she used to get paid quite a lot of money to look after us she used to buy us stuff to keep us happy to keep us all smiling and keep us all like yeah 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 oh that's all right and then as i was getting older i started to realize that that's what the thing was she used to beat the shit out of us and then try and buy us stuff to make everything sort of change so again i've got my brother my sister and my little cousin my little cousin is her son um i think i touched on this on in the first episode but yeah so another 
another little funny sort of spin on it. Like he never used to get touched. It was literally my sister used to get the worst. I was older, so I didn't need to get too much. My brother used to get a good idea, but he used to sort of not give back as much, but he was a bigger boy. So she used to have to proper try to hurt him, maybe say. But again, it's another story we'll go into. But yeah, so we had the um lived with our auntie for seven years. So from seven to fourteen, I was basically a maid, uh Cinderella looking after cleaning, cooking, cleaning, because my auntie knew how my mum used to how I was with my mum. She said to my mum, the only reason I've got Joe is because he can cook and clean and do everything. So happy days, Joe does everything, lovely jubbly. Um, growing up, I used to have to clean fucking beer cans with cigarette butts in it. Like the kitchen used to be an absolute fucking state. If my friends sort of came around, they'd take the piss out of me how dirty the fucking house was. And it was a joke to me because I was the one that had to clean it. But I was only a little kid and it was... Do you know what I mean? It was it's hard to to clean things when someone's getting pissed and as an adult getting pissed and making mess and you're having to clean it. So it's a bit of a bit of a sticky situation. But anyway, something ended up happening. I ended up wanting to go to a uh, um, a social worker meeting. She wouldn't let me. She just pulled me off the bed by my feet, smashed me head against the floor, ran down the stairs. My cousin was hiding in the door, so I tried to push him out of the way. He didn't get out of the way. She ran down, grabbed me like jumped on me on top of me on the floor literally holding my head and banging it against the floor and it was concrete floor it wasn't even a uh wasn't even carpet so i had all bruises and smashed upside of my face um she was trying to bite me but she had no teeth which is a very strange sense <laughs> strange sensation of like a woman trying to bite you but just gum in your arm it fucking weird anyway managed to get out of that bash my cousin out of the way jumped on my bmx barracuda trick too and um, I rode all the way to my mum's house at that time in the rain with no socks, uh, no shoes on. Halfway on the journey, I remember falling off my bike, smashed myself, got to me, um, got to me, uh, my mum's uh, my house. I stopped at my auntie's first, said something to me, this is my auntie Sue. She was the absolute fucking bollocks, my cousin Kelly and all of this. Said to what was going down there, she said she would ring the social workers. But by the time I got to my mum's, my nan and everyone else, they wanted to sort of change that they said don't say anything joe because if you say anything if you say this happened that you're going to lose you're going to mess the whole family up and i was like me, me mess the whole family up me how am i going to mess up the whole family like but because that was in my head the next day social worker come we went to the doctors bruises on my face bruises on my arms bruises everywhere you can see i've been battered and when they said what happened i, was, I had to say i fell off my bike which I did fall off my bike, but did not get them injuries from falling off my bike. Anyway, ended up going back to hers. Uh, wasn't the, was, I wasn't too happy about it. It took me about two weeks, three, four weeks to go back. I was remember living with my nan. Again, I remember her coming, my auntie coming into um, a charity shop trying to give me some money. And I'm thinking, what, what, you want to give me money because you beat the fuck out of me? And I don't think so. So I was getting quite savvy with all of this sort of stuff. Um, so we got through that. Uh, I went, ended up going back, and the week I went back, I went out with a couple of my mates, and I come back, and when I got back, my brother had, uh, he must have been punched in the face, I don't know what he was, but he had a cut under his eye, bleeding, and I was like, tell, I can't get us out of here, but you can, uh, you go to your dad, and just, you can say everything, I can't, and the next morning, he did exactly what I said to do. And within four or five hours, we was out of there. 
My, my brother's old man come, we got taken out of school, we got taken, I lost all my stuff. Everything that I ever had from a young star that I had in that house, I lost she through all my M&M CDs, all my stuff, everything that I ever held on to dearly, things I cared about, were gone. So we moved from there to my dad's house. And then, so now I'm in a different sort of different thing. My dad's a lorry driver, he's got a wife, Romanian wife. She was the bollocks, she used to cook and clean for us. Later on, maybe things might change later, but that's just another story. So yeah, we lived with my dad. And then from there, I ended up moving to my nan's again. And then a little thing that happened, I found my dad after 10 years. Me and like, I just wanted to go and find my dad. Anyway, took a little bit of thing, ended up going to find my dad, found my dad. And then now we've got a family, mum, dads, nans, and this is starting to build a big picture now. And it's starting to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in depth with things. So yeah, found me dad. Best thing that ever fucking happened. I moved away to try to get away from where I was around, what was around me, sort of thing, and try to learn how to work hard because I never had that person. But finding my dad gave me that. He helped me work. He helped me graft. I was literally knocking up plaster from 14 years old, 15 pound a day. I remember it like it was yesterday. But give me purpose. Give me something to work for. Give me some proud. Give me something to be proud for. Do you know what I'm saying? Something to accomplish. I feel like I've done something. So even if we have all of this shit, all of this shit goes on. At the end of it, I still wanted to work hard. I still wanted to get somewhere. And this is where I got to. So I worked how many years? I was in Wales, 14 to 18. Again, time tells, I was bored, quiet in Wales. I decided to come back. And then that's basically when my life sort of picked up because it was everything I've learned now in the, in the past, let's say 18 years, I can now put it all into play and try to do the right thing and get to where I wanted to get to. But if it wasn't for all my family, helping me learn all these different things, even though some things were really tough and weren't the best and weren't the things, it was these things in life that made me grateful and made me realise, like, if I never see them doing fuck all, like, would I have wanted to work hard? Would I have, like, I've seen people that have everything that don't do nothing. But for me, it was just that little, little incentive to maybe want to do better than anybody, want to do better than my uncles, want to do better than who these people are, who are these people, what are they doing? What? I wanted to be something or someone. And I had a lot of goals. I, I used to I say I never had no role models. I was my own role model. And the problem with being my own role model is that I never achieved anything. So I never had nothing to work towards to get to somewhere. But I will always say, it, I will never dwell on my past. I will always look at it as something that made me who I am today. And if I didn't go through all this stuff, I wouldn't be where I am today. And then I wouldn't be able to try to come and help other people to say, look, trust me, bin shit, we know it's family. Don't let the family bring you down. They say you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. This is true. So we've all got different sort of um, characters in families. Don't don't worry about it too much. Not every family is perfect. Not every family is um, fucked up. So it really, it really is a big spectrum on sort of... Uh, on sort of where things sort of can go. But for me, like my family's been very broken, very sort of distant. I haven't had sort of a good structure. I built that structure. I found that when I got my dad and then I got my dad back. And then when I come back, my mum died. And then blah, blah, blah. And then something's happening. And then the one person in my life who is my main one person is my nan. And then 
we can skip a couple years now. So now she's getting old. She's got dementia, so she doesn't know who we are, who I am anymore. And then we've got my uncle doing what my auntie used to do to us, to my nan. And I can't do absolutely nothing about it because if I do something, it's going to be the way they did things. And that's not how I act. I've had to be the bigger man and sort of walk away. I've tried to get the family to help. They don't help. So I've just had to sort of take a step back. But it's just... It's just sometimes in life, family can make us do one thing or the other. Don't let them destroy your love. Don't let it affect you. Trust me, it, it's not nice. Um, and it, it can be hard, but just remember, you have the power to walk away and you don't have to have an obligation to let some people that are bringing you down, bring you down. So that was just a little snip of my family. Uh, I'm going to try and talk other subjects all the time. I'm going to just do little, little, little um, inserts, just hopefully that you guys can get to know me. So then when we talk about other stuff or have other little conversations, I feel like I'm in a, a sort of a, a good place to be able to speak from, you know? So I hope you've enjoyed the chat. I hope it's not sort of uh, bored you shitless because to me it's what it sounds like. But if I'm speaking to my friends and people, it sounds a bit repetitive. But this is going to the world and I just want the world to know and world to hear that Whatever goes on in life, we can succeed. Doesn't matter how tough, how bad, there's always something we can do. All we've got to do is want to do it, okay? So that's all I have to say for today. Uh, leave your comments and share, subscribe, um, let your friends know, and then just do everything you can, if you like it, to just push it out there. I've really enjoyed um, speaking to you guys today. I hope you all have a lovely day and uh, I will see you in the next episode.